I think, open. Do, I, I watched Solo the other day on Netflix, which I'm like... Why? And yeah, I don't know, but it was kind of entertaining, I guess. And then the, the fuel in Star Wars is called hyperfuel. Did you guys know that? Oh. Duh. I hyper did not know that. What, which the, is insane, because I feel like I would have read that somewhere years I totally ago. Knew that. No, that, that's in my child mind, because I read Encyclopedia or something. Mind? I read a Star Wars Encyclopedia. So that's not bullshit they made up for How that How else would you get to hyperspace, except with hyperfuel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if hyperfuel uh, blows up if it's not cooled. Essentially, it'll blow up in two minutes, and so that's what the Kessel... Anyway, the point is... That's cool. I thought it was like an incredibly stupid uh, device for the film, but then I was like, did they bullshit? Did they make that up? And if so... Should they be on this podcast? Interesting. It's kind of like unobtainium. Just uh, something that sounds incredibly stupid. Like Now, I don't have... Unobtainium. We don't have lawyers. <laughs> we don't have lawyers, but... Uh, We're not I'm making any sure, money, so it's not copyright I'm infringement. Pretty sure we have the trademark on making shit up. And I think we can win a lot in damages if we were to take legalese action against the people who own Star Wars, whoever that may be, whatever small-time company that is. <laughs> You're definitely not a lawyer, Well, I can tell that much. Whatever, whatever mom and pop, you know, owns Star Wars, we can just have them cough up some restitution. I think it's George Lucas's cousin who runs that. Oh, uh, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Given the scale of the production, you know, <laughs> it can't be that big. This is 30-Minute Worlds, the podcast where we devise a fantasy, sometimes sci-fi, more often than not lately, genuinely disturbing setting. Uh, in 30 minutes of your time, or usually slightly more, I'm Walter Kunkel. With me are my three ebullient co-hosts, Zachary Chessman, Dan Kennedy, and Belvin Olasov. And boys... Let's get right to it. Let's talk about D Palestine. Uh, <laughs> no, I thought you just take over that whole thing. Uh, did you say when you said ebullient? Did you mean emollient? I meant ebullient. Okay, that's like um, full of spirit and cheer, right? Yeah, yeah, joyful, yeah. ebullient. Okay, uh, cool. I oh, but you sort of glazed over it, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm like smart. It's you know. Mm. I'm pretty sure. Mm. With words. Th this is the first episode of the second season. Are, is it? Well, well we're recording oh, yes, right now. Yes, I think, yeah, because we have yet to do the recap. Spoilers right. for the listeners. Yeah, this is a little bit of movie magic. Uh, a little industrial light and magic that we're doing right now. Uh, recording episodes in uh, different orders. Mm. It's incredible. This all seems pretty inside baseball to me. We got a lot going on behind the curtain. I mean, it's, it's a pretty complex operation. I don't think people that run Disney, I mean Netflix. You can't mix baseball metaphors with Wizard of Oz metaphors. Uh, I'm going to roll okay. the four-sided dice to determine who the lore lad is going to be for this episode. And that's a three, which means that it is I, Walter, who am lore lad. The duration of this entire show, I have unlimited creative power. I can put hyperfuel into any setting that I want. Oh, God. Who are you to stop me? Not the Lorelei, that's for sure. My word is hyper drool. I'm a living god. Uh, <laughs> Please don't put so, hyperfuel into this setting. <laughs> I, <laughs> I may or may not 
I I hold the button of hyperfuel in my hand, ready to fucking inject that shit into whatever we make. But I must be. It's appeased. just as good as like dilithium crystals or whatever the hell. A uh, chessman. Since you're always interrupting my class, uh, you 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 can you can submit your prompt word. Eat my shorts. That's your roguishness inspires the students chessmen but it will do you no good with me and by the way you we can't use eat my shorts disney corporation owns that i'm very scared of them we can only oh, mess with crap. star wars you know, properties we can only know, mess I'll, with I'll star cut that wars out. it's very safe <laughs> oh, eat man. my jorts there we go that's my protected. word is dmca yeah. <laughs> eat my sports mm. uh i was trying to push it a little bit more lighthearted. Uh, considering the last two episodes, um, I'm just gonna say dance. Dance. Okay. We're leading with like dance. It. We're leading with dance. Okay. Belvin, what you got? Volcano. Volcano. Okay. Volcano. Okay. Okay. Well, this all leads so, itself in a very natural direction, but it feels a little on the nose to pick something like it, ceremony. You can throw it way um, off course with the word hyperfuel. Uh, <laughs> please don't say Moana. I am... Have you guys ever heard about the the dancing fever that happened in the Netherlands for, like... It was a thing that happened in the, in the oh, late Middle Ages. Man. No, right? yeah. what is this? supposedly everybody was struck by this need to dance continuously and constantly. And it was huh. not really like the way that it's recounted is if it's some sort of disease, basically or like group group yeah. madness. Yeah. Like they didn't, they didn't look happy either. They looked like they were like in the grip, just like dancing uh, all literally all hours of the day and night until they dropped. Terrible. Yeah, I really, think I have heard really about that. And I yeah. think I heard a theory that it was bum potatoes, like old rancid potatoes that they ate and messed up their brains and made them dance. God damn. That's a little dark. Uh, so, what's your word? Yeah. Uh, uh, the word is. The word is funk. Funk. You're going to pick funk? Oh, okay. Funky fever. Wait. Okay. So what... I think... You're picking funky fever? <laughs> no, he said funk. It's funk. Yeah, he, he said, said funk. 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 You know she what? Volcano. The obvious connection would be funk, the music, and dancing. Because funk is very danceable. Mm -hmm. But what well, if I don't want to just do like, smell. oh, look, it's a volcano ceremony and they have to dance or the volcano kills oh, them all. It's yeah, little... we can't do that. That's all. I that's, think the most, the most logical conclusion you can draw, the most obvious setting uh, you can draw with these three triangulated words is that the galaxy actually exists on the rim of a giant supervolcano uh, and all galactic life as we know it is a eight-part dance in a funk meter that only beings of higher planes can conceptualize. Yeah, sure, that's the most obvious what? thing you could go for. Okay. That's, the yeah. that's really, like, <laughs> that's really boilerplate, you know? Yeah, we could jive, you know? Okay, wait, where is the galaxy again? 
No, I'm Where's fucking with you. Now? Help me out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was already into this. I was like, okay, we got a volcano and a galaxy. So the, the spaceships are fueled by funk music, and it's I called actually, hyper I... funk. No, what if? <laughs> hang on. What if the galaxy was the rim of a giant volcano, though? What if that were the universe? I don't even know what that means. What that shape doesn't make any sense. What would be the implications of that? What does well, that change? There would be a lot, but there would be no be fucking hot. It would be hot as you got to the center of the galaxy. There would be no planets. There would be plateaus that you could dock upon, right? Are there plateaus or mesas? Rather, I'm thinking of kind of a flatlands that rise slowly as you reach the center of the galaxy. Uh, to a point where there's a super volcano, the size of which dwarfs uh, the black hole in the center of our Milky Way. Do you mean something like, like you just like the World Tree, but it's a volcano? Like hell yeah, dude. Well, does yeah. it have to be the now galaxy, or can it just be a world? It could just be the world. I mean, I was kind of stretching it a bit to galactic proportions because I thought that was yeah. pretty cool. You have multiple. I can work multi- with the world. Multiple, yeah. The galaxy. Work with the world. Mm-hmm. A different war. Yeah, okay, we were pretty so... sci-fi last time. We can we can lean into something a little more fantastical. Okay, so world that's so far we've kind of established a world that's like Avalon, but instead of the big tree, it's a big volcano. That's actually pretty fertile ground for us to work with. Yeah, right. Just well, by itself, but now we vol- gotta. Yeah. Oh, go on, go vol- on. Volcanoes do produce um, a lot of content, uh, nitrogen-rich uh, soil, so it's very fertile. Um, when the ashes fall, they get incorporated into the soil. So, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, I think we're, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. About fertile. So, my thoughts jokes. on funk right now, perhaps, is because I recently watched Cowboy Bebop. Uh, but Bebop incorporated jazz into his sort of rhythm. It's like kind of layered into the nature of the show. So, how could we make Volcano World funky? Uh, funk is an oh. attitude too. Yeah, know? so it's an they ethos. Can, it's an ethos to vibe. Uh, perhaps there's something funky about the culture of this world, or maybe the vapors that it, the volcano exhumes. I would imagine like the world is a huge uh, caldera around this volcano, right? Just flat plains of lava soil. Essentially, as far mm-hmm. as the eye can see. Mm-hmm. And anything outside of that can't nourish life at all. Uh, it was this one volcano erupting that actually embedded the soil with life. Everything on the planet, pretty much. But uh, as for what life forms exist, do we want to even go human with this? Well, yeah, I think it could be humans. Um, mm-hmm. And the cultural implications of living in the shadow of a volcano could be that the volcano at any moment could spit lava. I mean, this isn't really how so volcanoes work, party... but it, it could spit lava in like a certain direction, right? Like, say you're in the northeast part. Like, maybe mm-hmm. it bubbles over lava towards your place. So, Well, maybe there mm-hmm. are more volcanic disasters that aren't just, like, mudslides and shit. The entire world's on a slope. Yeah. You know? You have a lot of geologic disasters, too. Right, so there's danger around every corner. You live life to the fullest. Right, and the further you, the closer you are to the core, which is where people want to be, because that's where the most uh, rare earth metals and shit are to produce things. Uh, the 
the more danger you're in. Oh, yeah. There's like, I, I can see lots of competition, some criminal elements as you get closer. Yeah. This I one. can see like a lot of pipe based uh, spire cities kind of <laughs> extending, you know, from the steep sides of the volcano into it. Pipe, pipe based. Well, you pipe can based? use lava for metallurgy. Like, yeah, I would, this would be a very metallurgic society, I think. Uh, I, I think I get the aesthetic that you're you're going for though. Well, like it's you, not you understand when when I say pipe immediately, you kind of know, yeah, what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's Midgar. Uh, no, but thank like, you. No, I actually was playing Seven today, but but yeah, like it's not it's not sci-fi, but it's not really fantasy either. It's almost like a rev like it's it's industrializing, like yeah, exploiting yeah. the volcano. It's or, industrial fantasy, I think, mm -hmm. is the term that can be used. So there could be, uh, diesel diesel punk, I think, <laughs> is what our friend Sam would call it. Yeah, it's <laughs> actually it's, it's, uh, and it's diesel. We could punk. say that when you get really close to the volcano, those are the hotlands. Those are like you have to wear special suits to be out there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I would like to say there's something valuable there that has bounty hunter types going out and braving the hotlands. I think that's cool. How do we? How do we throw? Because my problem is dance and funk are so similar, mm -hmm. prompt wise, that could, I think it's. Could yes. the magic in this world be involved dancing? There we go. Bars. Okay. Well, so what if? So okay. Yeah, there's this idea of like um, when all these uh woo, uh spiritualist uh people talk about like uh how things have different uh vibrational frequencies or whatever mm -hmm. that's i mean that's clearly ridiculous but what if it was not like a frequency like 440 hertz but a frequency like a meter like 44 you know constant and emanation a beat from the volcano from bo the yeah. bowels of the earth itself yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the, the, the volcano the volcano has a beat. The volcano has a rhythm. Everyone else, everything else, like even like the rocks and trees, have their own rhythm. I don't think there would That's, be a lot of trees. Well. Well, there'd be a lot of life because all this because yeah, yeah. maybe near the outskirts. But the closer you got to the volcano, first of all, the heat would be so oppressive that it would wilt anything. How regular are eruptions? Yeah, but I like, was picturing that sometimes the sides of the volcano just slough off, and a bunch of slag and shit would just create like a slag slide that just decimates whatever's well, below. I mean, it depends. Like, I mean, what Chespin said before is right too. Like, volcanic soil. I don't know if you've ever seen like in Alaska. There's a fuck ton of volcanoes, so the soil is really rich, and they can uh -huh. grow these vegetables that are like enormous, like pumpkins that are like actually the size of like a car. What? Well, uh -huh. Because it's just so the soil sorry, is so fertile. Is the size of a car. No shit. Yeah. 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 Crazy. Giant vegetables in Alaska. I can't Google oh, it. That's just show up on the recording okay. right now. Setting uh -huh. giant vegetables. It does have giant foodstuffs and vegetables, but those are kind of in the outer cities. I think as you get closer, it's more danger. If we're talking like maybe as adventurers, that'd be where things happen. Yeah. 
Um, and the outer part is less vulnerable, though. I just imagine this volcano kind of like burping up lava, like kind of just spitting it out more so than like having huge eruptions. Well, it's less vulnerable. It's less vulnerable until you get further out. And then there are just there's just dust outside of that. You're thinking about the right? barrier. I mean, I imagine this being an island. I I think yeah. it's a world or what they would conceive of as a world because there's nothing outside sure. of it, you know? Why would there be dust? Arbitrary barrier. Uh, <laughs> Loading well, screen. Well, maybe there's dust because in the center they are industrializing now. I was going to say there's nothing really alive on Earth except what exists, kind of whatever ground-based life would exist mm -hmm. in the aftermath of this volcanic eruption. Okay. That's fine by me. Well, like, so, it, it, was there okay. one big volcanic eruption and now it's dormant, or are there semi-regular volcanic eruptions? I think the eruptions are semi-regular, and the territory that can be civilized actually is expanding slowly. So, okay, let me, let me just get, let me get the, let me get the bird's eye view of this right now. So, in the beginning, there was nothing, formless expanse, and then there was an explosion. And that explosion was the volcano. And the volcano created the world as we know it. Uh -huh. But then outside of it is formless. Ex let's, let's not dust. How about not dust? Keep it like musical sort of sound, like static. It's uh -huh. like you, you get to a certain point, like it, it's formless, but that's not blackness. That's it's just static. no rhythm at all. Just... So, hmm. yes. It's just noise out there. Okay. Okay. And here we got we got stuff something you can dance to, a funky rhythm. They love the funk. Uh, can we elaborate on how funk plays into their society? Any ideas on that? Well, it's the volcano's name. Obviously, <laughs> is the funk. Okay. Volcanoes. It's Mount Funk. Mount Funk. The Great Funk Eruption. Well, I like your idea that there's this rhythm that emanates from the volcano that everyone sort of lives within and hears to to a certain extent. I think it would, yeah, literally mm -hmm. be heard everywhere, right? And maybe it's just like... Or under your feet, you could feel yeah, it. Yeah, and maybe you just feel more effective if you move in time to the, the beat. Like, if, if there's a magical system, they could have, like, that application. But maybe just, like, the rhythm of this place... Mm -hmm naturally has you like as people evolved with the, within this volcanic space they evolved to move to this rhythm you just like that's how everything works everyone like has a you sit down and talk with a friend you, like talk back and forth on beat you walk down the street you everyone like kind of struts in time i kind of like that i like that a lot yeah. i like that visual i like how you can kind of yeah. picture yourself there could be penalties to moving in time for player or moving out of time for players if they have to do a quick action. Yeah, I mean, I've never hmm. the whole world's moving to the. I've never played cadence. one of those video games. It's oh. like a rhythm game, but I've seen of them, and I imagine this would be kind of like that. Just the whole world works by the rules of a rhythm game. Yeah, it kind of does, doesn't it? Because if you're off rhythm, people are thrown off by you. There's something off about yeah. how you behave, you know. And it's a faux pas. Yeah, you just don't get very far. Maybe uh, the people are like really energetic, like 
the the spirit of the lava, the spirit of the volcano. And I think it's easier to be off rhythm if you're in an airborne craft for your job. Or there's like a cast of people, I think, in this setting who are off rhythm and they're people who interact with the ground a lot less. You know? Are there skyships in this setting? Yeah. I think there would be... It's industrialized. There would at least be some way to transport between cities that's not ground-based because the ground is so hostile. That's, yeah. And slow. Oh, maybe hot air balloons work everywhere and you don't even have to have a... you picturing, like... A little lamp. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you just have sort of, like, a canopy. It just... Or, you like, just blows fucking up. cable yeah. cars or some shit. Well, let's use the volcanic setting. Let's just make it so, like... Hot air rises kind of naturally. So it's really easy to build hot air balloons. Yeah, I like that. And mm. also, I think there's like volcanic gas that's heavier than air that's really fucking dangerous to breathe in. And it can get trapped in pockets of Ooh. different height between cities. And you just can't navigate between the cities. And that gas is always going to be there. We don't have a thing that can really disperse it except, you know, another eruption. So it's not safe to travel on the ground, really. So it's almost like there are, like, sea, like, charts. Like, there are, like, trade winds that you have to follow to avoid this gas to get from place to place. Because the air is just toxic in some areas. Yeah. And, and there could be, like, if it's, if it's heavy, it's going to hang close to the ground a lot more, too. So, like, if you make an emergency landing somewhere, you might be stuck there. Because you might not be able to take off in the, in the heavy air. That's the thing, too. Okay. 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 So there are jet setters who jet around this funky setting. Uh, probably transporting a lot of stuff. Probably doing odd jobs. This could easily be an adventuring cast of people. Mm -hmm. uh, Some they're transporting food, industrial goods, that sort of thing. Food, maybe illegal goods, too. Uh, I think this is a world where loss of life can be treated fairly casually because it's such a hostile right. setting. I think uh, entire cities could just be destroyed one day if they just topple into the caldera. Yeah, I think people generally live like they could be their last day. Yeah, it's edge of your seat living here. Off yeah, the I think there's a certain point. ebullience to this setting. Ooh. Callback. Points, <laughs> oh, points to Belvin there. Uh, and dance. We uh, really have to incorporate our third word. <laughs> oh my dance. god. You dance? We can't, the dance and funk are so similar. It's like, what do you do? Yeah, the well, actually, the I, problem I had is an the idea. dance and funk kind of go so synonymously well, with, with funk, each other. Well, we find that... the laws of the world. That, like This world reverberates with funk. Yes, but do, do, those laws also make very much sense to incorporate right, so dance. We've established, you know, well, how does dance incorporate culturally? If everyone like lives and acts, that's in how they fight. Beat. That's how they fight, like in West Side Story. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> it's it's all do, capoeira, funk they do capoeira, fucking nineteen fifties dance fighting instead of real fighting. Well, I mean, dance well, fighting is fighting like a thing. I mean. There is capoeira. I mean, you can convert that into like a funk equivalent, I guess. What if, what if, if you dance in a certain way, right? It puts you more in, 
in touch with the beat of the world, like yeah, the natural beat of the world. You can, yeah. Yeah, and it enhances either your physical abilities or you can use magic or whatever. I kind of like that the volcano is so powerful that it, it its mere heartbeat or whatever it is that's emanating that literally changes reality. Yeah, so I'm down and with that would that. mean that people from a young age would learn how to dance, be central to the culture, because uh, it, it just boosts your performance of things. If you're about to do something difficult, you're fighting someone, um, you, you, you dance to get in sync. You charge up by dancing. If you're sad, you can recover <laughs> by dancing. It can use, use to help you emotionally. This is fun. I like this. I like this setting a lot, actually. Yeah. I'm just picturing someone, like, dancing through, like, a, a parkour <laughs> routine. <laughs> yeah, it's on the edge of Goofy. But... And you can, like, jump, like, 20 feet because you're just so in touch with the rhythm of the world. Well, if you, yeah, if you jump at the right time, it's like being double-balanced on a trampoline. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. Well, also, I think the volcano at parts is so tall that the gravity of Earth, you're further away from it. So, like, things get a little loosey-goosey the farther away you are? Yeah, like, this this volcano is, I think, ideally taller than Olympus Mons. Like, it's a a parody yeah. how large it is yeah it should be fucking huge it's, it's gigantic yeah it is the known world is this volcano and the huge fucking s series of mountain ranges made of lava that surround it when you say made of lava do you mean like carved out by lava or i think you... carved out from the impact of the initial blast like tectonic plates if you took a tectonic plate and punched in the center of it it would crack like a window pane and those are mountain ranges Kind of, that's kind of what you would see. So your tectonic plate, would there be a lot of earthquakes in this setting? Hell yeah. I think I like that, because it adds another element of, like, risk to the way that people have to live their lives, if, they, if this is a setting with very active tectonic plates. And those are, uh, those are earthquakes that can happen anywhere, too, not just the closer you are to the volcano. Right, so people have to be able to adapt. I think maybe a lot of people would be nomadic mm -hmm. uh, in this setting. I think I think their the cities... their caravans of hot air balloons going from like harvest site to harvest site. I kind of like it. Yeah, I kind of like if it doesn't have jet technology. You know, yeah. balloons. No, it should be like, jankier than that, and a little yeah, goofier. Yeah, it should be funkier than that. Yeah, I like the know? balloons. I like balloons. I like cable cars. I like any number of like weird whirly gig bullshit flyers for this. Uh. Do you think people would do stuff like it? I don't know how what kind of size you were thinking of these balloons, but I'm having an image of like people scavenging soil from the earth and actually growing crops like up in these big balloon like, like caravans. In balloon town? Yeah. No, we could go for that too. We could kind of, but they're viewed as outsiders because they're not in touch with the earth's rhythm. Yeah, there has to be a trade off. So when I think. they come groundside, when they need shit. Uh, people disrespect them because they're like, oh, you think you're better than me because you live Maybe they like... can't use the Earth's rhythm as effectively, like yeah, what Walt was going in. out. Right, right. And they're also offbeat all the time because they're not used to the oh, ground. Oh, and if you spend too much time up there, you you lose all your rhythm. It's dangerous. So maybe that's why like, most people like not to live in balloon towns. Because if you spend enough time without the rhythm, you just lose track of it. Walt, you mentioned uh, something about as you scale up this Yagurt Asuvius, we've established as the center of the world. 
I, I think <laughs> You're I think it would be cool to have like something really interesting going on if you manage to actually scale this mountain. Because the hotlands, I would think, like the dangerous, like pretty volcanic hot area, would be like just at the base of it, the roots of it. But what happens if you scale Mount Funk? Are there regular blows from the volcano? But- that sounds like a Lorelad decision. I would say, yeah, right? Depends on how hostile you want to make the setting. I think not, like, full-on eruption, but, like, that's why I was saying, like, kind of, like, volcanic spit-up. Like, a certain direction will take a hit of lava. Yeah, or... Yeah, it just spits out some melting rock. Yeah, yeah, and I think that that's why cities are built kind of to minimize their surface area. You know? Because it, it, you have a smaller footprint for a city, spatially, and they're more vertically oriented to minimize the risk of getting hit by a lava flow, for example. I don't know. that, that All your eggs are in one basket, then. Well, you would also put up, like, earthen work, kind of like a dam mm-hmm. to divert water, uh, but for lava flow, that might work. Yeah, I can see that. Why don't they just build underground, though? If you No, you can't build underground. There's superheated rock and earthquakes and shit. There's mining operations, I think, but trying to build underground, it would be even hotter than it is on the surface. And this is already a pretty hot planet, right? Mm. Being a miner would really suck in this setting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just got off. I like to think that civilizations <laughs> have sprouted up that have various adaptations to the volcano, but they're kind of unique, like all of them. Like maybe there's like a pretty rich city yeah. that's managed to gather enough metal to create metal walls and metal buildings. But there's... I thought a lot of I, I had pictured a lot of the setting as being made of metal just because it was the one resource that would be immediately available, like in abundance. Sure, but a lot you of people know? are poor, right? A lot of people. A lot of people are poor, right? There's unless you live in one of the rim cities, you know. Yeah, there's the haves that have metal buildings, and then there's a lot of the population that live semi nomadically, and that they know that their homes could need to be evacuated at any moment. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and between then, all that, you've got the cloud nomads. The cloud mm. nomads who might be like another ethnic group or weird religious movement <laughs> we that people distrust. I don't trust yeah, those cloud for, people. More lads. <laughs> this setting. This setting was pure of hatred and division. Uh, oh, come on. You know I you know I'm funky, but I hate them fucking oh cloud people. <laughs> they ain't they ain't with it. They got no rhythm, son. <laughs> That's why we killed them all in '89. <laughs> Sent them back to the cloud. <laughs> and they're uh, farmers too. They're certain okay. areas that get enough spores, enough uh, volcanic dust, as Chessman mentioned. Yeah, yeah, and less and that less risk of eruption reaching there too so those cities right, can maybe be more out, spread around out. the rim uh they can like kind of further rim not the inner rim yeah yeah the inner rim cities are kind of like the weird pleasure spire cities that adorn <laughs> and they're also havens of technology i think because they can reach access to the volcano to conduct research that no one else can. It would get steampunkier as you get closer to the volcano, yeah. It would definitely yeah. get more Shinra as you get closer <laughs> to the volcano. <laughs> well, touching on the what you said before, what if the effect of the the soil, right, the volcanic soil, is not necessarily that the, the yield of the crop is bigger, but that it grows faster. And that would help explain away how they can actually live. 
Yeah, I kind of like that. Sure. Um, the soil is super fertile. I just like the that story about giant pumpkins. So, <laughs> I do like that too, though. <laughs> I kind of like the aesthetic of the setting, just like as a minor note, if you turn on the tap, like it's scalding hot. And you have to wait for it to cool. There's no water coolant system. There's no ice, really, that can be manufactured. <laughs> Everyone's naked. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to go there. But... That's the yeah, final detail the of uh, this one. <laughs> all, all just people were dancing while naked this entire time. You know it. You're imagining this setting. You're listening to this episode. Oh, and you didn't realize this whole time. Everyone's naked. Oh, man. And yeah. now you know. Too hot. But yeah, I kind of like to, you'd like step outside your house and then like part of the city streets or like the metal monorail track or whatever you use to transport inside the city has just like melted the fuck away due to a heat wave or some shit. And it's like, well, I got to fucking walk I'm to walking work today. to work. <laughs> I guess I'm taking the balloon. <laughs> today. Like, that, that does kind of take the more jaunty, fun parts of the setting and make it like, oh, this is hell. This is a hot hell planet. Well, uh, there's a difference between inner and outer, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Inner, inner rim cities are like all kinds of problems arising from like regular superheating of like structures that humans build. I kind of like the idea, actually, in these spire cities that you're talking about, is that the, the there's no refrigeration or like air coolant, but they have these right, gigantic so they have fans just or, all uh, the time. Oh, well, that's, that's the, the thing. But yeah, gigantic fans, too, you were saying. Well, if it's like a spire city, right, and heat rises, what if like they're built almost around these enormous industrial fans that blow all the hot air up out of the city? That makes sense. That's cool. I kind of like that. That makes sense. I really like that. This is really coming together, I think. Yeah, now we're cooking as with a water. concept. And they've got such a high demand for food because they're so populated, but also, as we've said again, they can't store anything perishable. Oh, yeah, that is true. Yeah. Uh, there's all-consuming heat in this setting. They all eat their steaks. Well done. <laughs> well, rumor has it the Sky people have acquired, like, they're able to manufacture technology free of the superheat, like, of the Earth. Because, like, I would think all ground, like, all the groundwater in this setting is super hot, you mm -hmm. know? It's hard to even drink from a well. You have to wait for the water to cool. Imagine how nice it would be if you're like, you are one of these like spire people and you, you end up somehow in a sky like balloon and you, they get way high up in the air and it's actually cool. Yeah, that'd be life. Oh, yeah, no, no. Although you can't ascend directly over the volcano because the amount of, I think, carbon monoxide just rising out of that thing would. You wouldn't want to do that. Fuck out of you, yeah. <laughs> you, you, that's like the first lesson that pilots learn. They're like, don't, yeah. don't, don't do that. Don't go over I that. I think it'd be cool if, like, that's kind of like the Kessel Run like, solo here, right? But <laughs> that's like a forbidden flight path that they've tried to make for because it's so convenient to just hop over to the other inner rim cities across the volcano, the shortest distance. But uh, no one's manufactured a flying machine that's been able to do it. Without succumbing well, to the vapors. Also, it would also play hell with any electronics that you have or I don't anything think, like that. I, don't think, I think this is like a strictly analog setting. Yeah, but even if it was, if you had like 
fuel stored somewhere and you had metal in it, it would spark across that and it could just blow up your entire ship. Yeah, like delicate machinery. What, ki- what kind of fuel are we talking about, though? Well, is it super fuel? It could be funk Mega fuel. fuel? <laughs> I, it's hyper fuel. Oh, no. We made it. <laughs> Thank you. I think, I mean, Chisman's talking like delicate machinery does not like volcanic space. Yeah. I think on the on the outskirts, the outer rim cities, you could have wood burning uh, devices or fuel, essentially. But in the inner rim, you have to have more refined fuel like diesel, coal, that kind of stuff. Because wood just won't really last that long in the climate. Oh, we are coming up on our 30 minutes, or maybe we're past it. We are. This is a solid... 40 minutes? <laughs> 40 minute world builders? That tends to be pretty... For the par, I think, for us. I really liked this setting, actually. I liked it better than uh, the angel setting we did last yeah, time. Yeah, I think we fleshed it out nicely. I think we did, too. Yeah, it kind of came into its own. It's a beautiful world, and we hope you guys enjoyed it as well. Uh, I'm Walter, with me are Dan, Chessman, and Belvin, as always, and happy world building. But, before I end, I'd like to shill a little bit for our, you know, for our podcast. Just, just if you don't mind, uh, and if I could see the pinned Discord message, that would yeah. be it's amateur hour. Well, I, Where it's, are you trying it, to I posted read? it in the chat. It was we'll pinned in this, in this chat. Oh yeah. Well, folks, that's our show. If you like this episode, you can subscribe to us on your podcasting service of choice to get new episodes every other Saturday. If you're feeling real saucy, go ahead and write us a five-star review. That's right. Lie about the show's quality. And share us with all of your world-building friends. It really helps us out. Perfect, perfect. All right, let's cut out the bit at the end where I sounded like a moron, and I think we're ready to go.